0: how's it going everyone welcome to the sons of history podcast i'm dustin bass
1: and i'm alan Joaquin.
0: and alan may sound a little odd but probably not as odd as he used to when he'd be on the phone uh due to the fact that we've got some new sound equipment so things should sound much better but alan somewhere i'm somewhere i had my uh, nephew's birthday today so i was nowhere near where you were what were you up to today man
1: Oh, today I rested. It has been a long week. We had uh let's see, this was the week of Halloween. Mm-hmm. It was the week of World Series, and oh. it was the week of a uh friend's fiftieth birthday, which I attended last night. My there good go. uh my good friend Sharon Lial.
0: Nice. That's uh that's a good full week, except for game seven. Um yeah. I trust that you didn't watch as you never do, right?
1: Oh, no. I watched all of game seven.
0: Oh. I also.
1: Yeah, that's probably why we lost, but either that or it was the fact that, uh, Garrett Cole was not put in after, uh, Zach, uh, Greinke or Granky or however you want to name him. Uh, yeah.
0: I am, uh, relieved. Uh, the following two nights, I could not sleep. In fact, I, um,. I, I posted this the other day on my personal Instagram, but I, I've run into like I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan and mm-hmm. but I've never watched the Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce versions, the black and white versions. so I've I've gotten into that here the last week or so. Um, I had the black and white movies playing um, on my laptop to help me go to sleep. I just had it low. Um, something to keep, my, because every time it got quiet in my room and I just, you know, I was trying to go to sleep, my mind just kept thinking of, man, A.J. Hinch really screwed that up by uh, taking Granky out. Man, 80 pitches in, two hits, one run. Um, yeah, real boneheaded decision there. Uh, I like everything about A.J. Hinch except his crucial game time decisions when it comes to pitching. Um, he really, it really just really bugs me. And then and, and the biggest moment in, you know, Astros history, aside from, you know, we did win two years ago. But that was, you know, it's game seven. Uh, it's You have to win that game, obviously. Um, and the wheels fell off. Uh, you put in a guy who you had already said the night before he was gassed. He had nothing in the tank. And... Oh, you throw him back out there and he gave up a two-run home run and what sucks is that I had been saying will Harris has been the MVP of our postseason he's gotten us out of so many jams but you uh, you can't just continue to put a guy out there and expect him to be fresh and that I mean golly I, I I'm so proud of the Astros for getting you know to game seven of the World Series it's such a huge thing um, but to have it slip away like that with a bullet in in the chamber with Garrett Cole and I wasn't – I was not really for having Garrett Cole coming in, but I definitely wasn't for having Will Harris – aghast Will Harris come in for a guy who's only thrown 80 pitches and has been dominating the entire game um, and then leaving right. Cole in the in the bullpen. So, yeah, it was frustrating for so many people. I don't want to get caught up in that. We can have our own freaking episode just on the, the frustrations of game seven. Um but sounds like you had a pretty good week. I had a pretty good week as well. Um, you know, I own a business called Bastrap Media. We were doing a ton of Halloween stuff for a client of ours. I'm not sure if you saw some of the videos that we put out. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to do. We did a pumpkin uh, contest, like pumpkin creation, like the painting contest, and we made it uh-huh. sort of like the Food Network, HGTV type of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Got some good laughs out of it. So um, yeah. Busy yeah, week. I
1: did actually. Actually, I did watch
0: it. Oh, good. What'd you think? Yes.
1: Uh, you needed to shave.
0: How dare you. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Okay, <laughs> so this week we're talking about the fall of the Berlin Wall. This November 9th is the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. We're going to be talking about it's um, sort of going back to post-World War II, and then we'll we'll go from there. Uh, but before we get into all that, we do our book and movie recommendation. Um, I think you go first. Either way, uh, I think, I'll let you go. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, <laughs> the book, now, the reason why I am going to be recommending this book and movie is because of the, uh, the subject matter that we will be dis- discussing today. Okay. Uh, the book is by the famous author James Michener, but it's called The Bridge at Andow. And it's about the 1956 October Revolution in Hungary that uh, was the closest in that era that came to a communist nation overthrowing its government and becoming a free country. Hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, it failed. The Soviets invaded and pretty much massacred much of the population.
0: And well, what what year was rephrase, that?
1: Let me rephrase that. They didn't massacre much of the population. They massacred the revolution. How's that?
0: What what year was that?
1: That was in October of 1956, and it was unfortunate that it also happened during the Suez Crisis because the uh, the Suez Crisis was when Israel, France, and Great Britain invaded the uh, invaded the Sinai and the Suez Canal. Um, when, uh, Nasser nationalized the canal and all the attention on the world was, uh, look, they were looking at the Suez crisis
0: okay. and
1: it took, it took people's eyes off the, uh, the uh, hungarian october revolution
0: see that's what i think i was referencing the other the other week when we were doing the podcast and i was like isn't that when eisenhower said that he was going to be sending um paratroopers or whatever that they were going to help and i think we were talking about the austrians um but i think this was i think that's what i was talking about is um eisenhower said we're we will be there to help out but Nobody was sent. Um, nothing happened, nope. and I think that no, was the, uh, because of the Suez Canal situation too.
1: Well, the, yeah, the the the, uh, the Soviet Union threatened to go to war with anybody, any country that helped the uh, or interfered uh, in the Hungarian revolt. Mm-hmm. If anyone helped, they were going to go to war with them. So, um, Eisenhower did not want to go to war, and the. Uh, Revolution was crushed. Yeah. So, but yeah. he did go to Lebanon in '58. I do know that he did send paratroopers to Lebanon in '58, about ten thousand, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Marines and paratroopers. Mm-hmm. For my movie recommendation, it is a Disney movie called Night Crossing. Um, it has uh, uh, John Hurt and uh, Beau Bridges. Uh, John Hurt was the guy who was in the movie Alien. Who was he was the first yeah, he was person the
0: first to, to go? Run. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, Great actor. thing came too. out of
1: his stomach. Oh yeah, wonderful actor. Um, uh, the Night Crossing. It's about two Germ- East German families. Uh, it was a family of four who uh, built two hot air balloons. The first one crashed. The second one, they finally made it. And uh, they made it over the, uh, not the Berlin Wall, but the uh, East German border. And they made it into West Germany. And, uh, you know, it, it might not be a, a uh, you know, five-star movie or anything like that. But it does tell the story of, you know, what went on in East Germany and how people were desperate to escape and live life in the West. So um, that, is, uh, that is my movie recommendation.
0: And there you go. Uh, My book and movie recommendation follows along the same lines as what we're talking about with the whole Cold War. Uh, My book is a little bit different, but a recommendation for a book is a book by David Wise. Now, I've mentioned David Wise before um, from his book, The Invisible Government. Um, This one is called Tiger Trap. It's one of the last books that he wrote before he passed away here last year, I believe. Um, it's called Tiger Trap, America's Secret Spy War with China. Um, so it goes into a lot of detail with how China is like the threat. Um, they're sort of, uh, I see it as sort of like the new Cold War adversary. Um, although it's obviously, you know, economically still beneficial for us to be working with them, but they just, their spies are pretty much everywhere. Um. And some of the, some of the statistics that I've heard recently is like 75% or more of the, like the espionage, espionage situations, um, like the, the documented situations that are going on is China related. Um, and a lot of, there are a lot of supposed students that are coming over, going into, you know, university, but they're also spies. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's a book worth reading. Um, and I think I talked to Josh Philip about it the other day and asked him if he had read it. He, I think, he said that he had. Um, so that's uh, my book recommendation. You may want to check that out and get some inside, uh, sort of in-depth look into how China's spy ring is sort of affecting America um my movie recommendation i think i have recommended the book by it's by john le Carr. it's called the man who came in from the cold but this is the movie starring richard burton have you seen this one man what's it called the man oh my bad the spy who came in from the cold
1: I, i have heard of it um i may have seen it but i don't recall
0: it's very good um one of my favorite spy movies um yeah, it's just, it's really good. But the book is my favorite spy book. Um, Jean Lacar just does a fantastic job of this. I think it was his, f- it was not his first book, but it was the book that put him on the map. Uh, so definitely, and it's a actually a really quick read too. Uh, so definitely a book and a movie uh, to check out. But if you don't want to take the time to read the book, then go check out the movie. Um, complaints. Here we go. You want me to give my complaint first, and then you go, or what?
1: Yeah, you do give yours
0: first. I got a lot of complaints against you people. Got a lot of problems. Okay, you remember my complaint from um, last week about the dogs?
1: Mm-hmm. Of course. How could you I forget? Remember, how which, could you which, forget? Which I did not. Uh, I did not mention to my mother.
0: Yeah, yeah. Probably because that dog was present.
1: No, we were at a uh, restaurant.
0: <laughs> oh, and she didn't have the dog with her.
1: She did not have the dog with her. I took my mom grocery shopping, and I uh, didn't think it'd be a good idea uh, to have the dog there.
0: Well, there you have it. Anyways, speaking of the dogs, I saw three this week. I saw two in HEB and one in Marshalls. And I wanted to be like, hey, what is that? Is that a service dog? Uh, that little Pomeranian that you got in your hands there? Uh, what, what is that? Is that helping you? Uh, is that guiding you throughout the store? Like, get the dog out of the store unless the dog is chipped with the visa card get it out anyways okay my complaint for this week smoking i just don't understand It it is so like it's it's been substantiated it's it's so like hey if you smoke and if you smoke a lot for a long period of time Your lungs are going to be jacked up. A lot of the rest of your body is going to be jacked up. Your teeth are going to look very yellow. Uh, There are a lot of health defects. Okay, smoking is addictive. I'll give you that. Okay, maybe you you got influenced by some bad people to, to start smoking. But you know what, dude? My complaint isn't even about smoking. Although I do complain about smoking. I just don't understand how... You can be told as a kid growing up, "Hey, here's the end result. You see your old aunt uh, Chlorine? Yeah, she she's jacked up. You know why? 55 years straight of smoking. Okay, you want to look like that? Go for it. But my complaint this week is vaping. Vaping. Okay. What was it about smoking and inhaling something into your lungs, and then you see the end result? of hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people suffering from emphysema, which my grandfather uh, suffered from and died from uh, because of all the smoking Um, and and all this stuff that you're like, you know what, we'll replace it with, we'll start inhaling these fumes, these, this liquid, you know, whatever it is that just, you know, it's just smoke. It's, uh, I'm like, are you? Are you kidding me? You can't inhale stuff. It's like whenever you live in a, in an area of town that is high pollution, chances are you're, you're going to suffer some type of consequence, you know, just like your, your lungs can't take certain things. And so now you have, oh, vaping. Uh, apparently there's, uh, some problems with vaping causing some, uh, lung disease and, or lung lung illnesses with all the liquid, you know, like, did nobody see this coming? Did nobody, I mean, like, you drive by a guy who is vaping in his car and he releases just this bag of smoke. And it's like, one, I don't know how you can even see through all the smoke that you've just released into your vehicle. But two, it's like, how can you not know that eventually that is going to be a detriment to your body? I don't understand it. It's just like, to me, it's so obvious. It's like me with Oreos. I eat a lot of Oreos. I know it's going to be a problem. Anyways, there you go.
1: Okay. Well, mine is a little bit uh, has to do with Hollywood. I actually heard an actress that I've always loved and loved many of her movies sit there and, you know, speak out against the killing of the ISIS director or general or whatever you want to call him, the the leader of ISIS,
0: uh, Abu
1: Bakr al-Baghdadi, yeah. um, uh, What was her name? uh, Jamie Lee Lee Curtis. Oh, jeez. Jamie Lee Curtis was speaking out against, you know, the way the words that uh, Donald Trump used to, uh, when he mentioned how uh, Abu Bakr, you know, died whimpering like a dog and this and that, and that seemed to upset her, and I'm like going, why would that upset you? Yeah. He was a monster. He was a dangerous monster who personally raped women. I thought I thought Hollywood was into the uh me too movement. You know, a man who rapes a woman should be, you know, treated in the in the worst possible way, but but now we're being told, uh, oh, you know, we shouldn't sit there and say he was killed like a dog, and and this and that. And I was like, what is going on here? Is is this is this because she hates Trump so much? Is it because he's Muslim? I don't know. I don't know what is going on with some of these idiots in Hollywood nowadays.
0: Yeah, uh, I really don't know. I cannot figure that out. Like you're coming to the defense of Baghdadi. Really? That's what we're doing? Yeah. That's that's what she was Treat doing. Treat the and guy and with just, dignity? Really? Okay.
1: Right. I yeah. mean I remember when uh we were told that uh Sodom no not Sodom when uh Osama bin Laden was giving a, a dignified funeral and and I was like well, and why? I would have dumped his body, you know, in a uh a, you know, those porta potties. That's what I would have done to him.
0: Well, I, I think I, that I, they were I, trying to the, avoid further oh God, like I not issues. I mean, but it's like, but we live in a society and here's the thing. I mean, it just, just it's so obvious. Anything that comes out of Trump's mouth, it, look, president Trump is not the most likable of the presidents that we've had in our history, but uh-huh. you can, if you can't separate the two, if you can't separate that, if it's more of a problem that it's coming out of this president's mouth, than the than the problem that was just solved then that uh-huh. that is a real issue you've lost your mind I really think yeah. so and who knows I mean the people in Hollywood God bless their hearts they they live in fantasy worlds that's what they get you know they they' that's their job is to live in a different world um maybe some of them never come out of it um and Jamie Lee Curtis I mean she's she I don't know uh, who knows maybe it's GI Jamie now. So.
1: Right. Uh, it disappoints me. I'm going to be watching the movie Halloween or or uh, that 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 uh, was a true lies movie. And I'm going to think about that. And it it really it bugs me. You know, there there are, you know, liberal actors out there mm-hmm. who are who are at the same time of America. And I will go see their movies. I will continually go see their movies. Yeah. Okay, because they have a differing opinion than mine. I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me. But don't hate your country.
0: Don't, yeah, it's bizarre. You know,
1: I mean, just think of, just be pro-American for crying out loud. And when you look at people like Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, who I know that they're, they're of a different uh, mindset when it comes to politics, but they love their country. They yeah. love the United States of America. And, you know, that's good enough for me. God bless them both. I hope they continue to be successful in their movies. But Jamie Lee Curtis, I yeah, yeah, yeah. her and Sean Penn, I, I just you know what? And I'm not and, and I'm not calling for people to boycott. Yeah. I'm calling. you know, I'm not into boycotts. I'm really not. No, I, I'm not. I'm I not
0: believe... into. I, I'm into personal boycott. Like if I'll, I'll boycott and be like, but I'm not into the one like you need to boycott too. You better. And I'm like, look, that's up for people to decide on their own. Yeah, exactly. So, well, all right. You ready all to move on?
1: Yeah, let's move on to the subject at hand.
0: All right. The fall of the Berlin Wall, 30 years ago this November 9th, um, 30-year wow. anniversary. I, I would like to go over just just quickly how things sort of progressed post-1945. Um and how th- that Germany was broken up into four parts. Do you want to jump into that and discuss that for a little while?
1: Uh, oh, yeah. I think uh, we, need, um, we need to talk about the background of what, you know, the post, uh, post-Second World War Europe to understand why the Berlin Wall was even built.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. do, do you realize that the Berlin Wall came down, what, 30 years ago? Right. And it was only up for twenty eight years mm-hmm. or twenty nine years I should say. So so it's actually um if you go back sixty years.
0: Oh, it's real, you know, a little over twenty eight years, but yeah. Yeah. Nineteen so, uh, uh, yeah, sixty one, uh August thirteenth. It when they started, started in sixty yeah.
1: one with uh razor wire and uh and then it it just became a formidable defense.
0: Right. Yeah, I know um, that they uh, when they started it it was and and I'd like to go over why they they started building this. Um and I know we we said they broke it up and broken Germany up into four zones, the American, British, French, and Soviet. And part of that zone was Berlin. Um and Berlin was not part of one zone but was part of two zones, so you had Berlin split into East and West Berlin. Um mm-hmm. and so people just kept, from East Berlin with the communists, with the, with the Soviets, uh, people just kept leaving. Uh, I think they, they lost about 20% of their population uh, from the moment that Germany was split and Berlin was split. They lost about 20% of their population to West Berlin and to the right. western side, wherever, wherever those people ended up going. Because it was sort of an open border uh, between East and West Berlin for a long period of time. Uh, but eventually the uh, the east germans were like um, you know the the communists were like we got we got to we got to do something because we're losing all of our professionals all of our doctors all of our you know our you know people who are actually going to do something to help our society we're losing all of them well for very obvious reasons why they were losing them
1: well you know it wasn't just uh, Germany. Austria also was uh, occupied into uh, four zones, and uh, the the uh, capital of Vienna was also uh, separated into four zones itself. Now, you know, the Soviet Union was our ally in the latter half of the Second World War, but um, what a lot of people don't realize is that they were actually the enemy at the very beginning. mm mm-hmm. They, out, they allied themselves with Nazi Germany. They both invaded Poland, although the Soviets invaded uh, about two—they they invaded on the 17th of September, uh, uh, the Germans, the, uh, September the 1st. But they invaded eastern Poland, and they, they annexed it pretty much. And then they also invaded uh, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania— well as the um what is today called moldova but it was a uh, part of uh, romania
0: moldova or molva <laughs>
1: not molva moldova <laughs> moldova so it was also known as bessarabia and burka burka vina or burka, burkina something or other okay um but yeah um
0: isn't it so interesting the... how the soviets would always they they would always do that they would uh, freaking come in after the war had already been, or the battle had already been won, so that they could take a piece of the pie.
1: Yeah, they did the same thing with Japan.
0: Yeah, and so and Korea. That, it's just it's freaking.
1: Well, they they weren't. They really were not. They they were not our friend. They were just the enemy of our enemy. They were Correct. they were uh, bad people, and they were. The Soviet Union was such a bad nation.
0: Yeah, they were the devil, that, you know.
1: Right. Many of the East European nations, when they had to choose between siding with Germany or siding with the Soviets, they would have rather had Germany, and that's why uh, Romania, Bulgaria, um, Hungary—they all joined uh, the Axis, as did Slovakia and Finland. So, uh, if you ever want, want want to know why, you know, they had allies. That that is the reason. They just feared the Soviet Union. Now. Even before the war was over, Sir Winston Churchill was troubled by them. Mm -hmm. He saw how they treated the Poles. You know, they they murdered tens of thousands of uh, Polish uh, officers uh, in an area known as Katyn, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And um, there were rumblings. Croatians and, and, uh, and, and Winston Churchill himself started talking about the Iron Curtain. Where we didn't know what was going on behind this iron curtain, and you know, he warned um, Churchill, warned FDR and Truman at uh, Yalta and at Potsdam about about the growing threat of the Soviet Union. But mm-hmm. you know, Alger Hiss, who was a Soviet spy, um, he was one of the he was one of the the Soviet spies that was advising uh, both FDR and Truman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, you can trust Uncle Joe, meaning not Uncle Joe Biden, but Uncle (laughs) Joe Stalin. (laughs) The original
0: Uncle Joe.
1: (laughs) The er the original Uncle Joe. So, um, you know, we had these uh, spheres of influence, and FDR said, look, you know, after two years, the U.S. is going to leave uh, leave Europe, and, you know, that frightened the British, and it frightened many of the anti-communists in the West. Um, Some deals were made, and, you know, next thing we know, uh, yeah, Germany and Austria were split up, and the Soviets, they annexed the uh, Baltic nations, and they annexed the areas of Romania and Czechoslovakia and and Poland and in in Finland. And they they decided, okay, this is going to be part of the Soviet Union. They mm-hmm. they annexed uh, some of those places. So we we never left. And um, you know, in 1948, uh, we gave uh, 12 billion dollars to. Western Europe it was known as the Marshall Plan, um, because we were we were highly concerned with what we were seeing going on in Eastern Germany, um, the Baltic nations, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Romania, uh, you know all the, men- all the other nations I mentioned, Moldova, Eastern Finland, Yugoslavia, Albania, uh, even an area known as Istria, which was part of Italy, the the, uh, the Yugoslav communists invaded that area. Um, there was a civil war in Greece, in Turkey, uh, and uh, Harry Truman created what was called the Truman Doctrine to aid the anti-communist governments mm-hmm. to keep Greece and Turkey from falling to communism. But we also were seeing things in Asia, uh, Korea, China, uh, you had the... Uh, um, Rev- revolutions in uh, Malaya, which is now known as Malaysia, and also in Iran, where the Soviets occupied northern Iran. And they were not going to go until Truman finally threatened them with nuclear war if they did not pull out. So, you know, there were there were some things that, that they did not like. And it it came to a head in June of 1948 when the Soviets finally said, you know what, we are not going to allow you to supply... West Berlin with any supplies. Mm-hmm. So they cut off all the roads, railroads, even the canals, that nothing could could go in or out of West Berlin until you know the Soviets got what they wanted. They basically wanted to get all of West Berlin mm-hmm. uh, for themselves, but also it had something to do with the Deutschmark, because... West, uh, Western Germany was in the process of creating what was known as the Federal Republic of Germany, which is also known as West Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had what was known as the Berlin Blockade, which resulted in the Berlin Airlift. Now, the Berlin Blockade was a huge, huge um, PR disaster for the Soviet Union. It, it lasted for 11 months, from June of 48 to May of 49, uh, but the Berlin Airlift continued until September of 49. Which
0: really just kept kept the Berliners alive, more or less. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, it did. It
0: just seemed like the Soviets were trying to starve out their, now, their own people. It's yeah, Well,
1: it, it, I'll, I'll tell you this. It, it won the hearts and minds of the West German people. Um, that year, in 1949, the British, French, and American zones became one. And the Federal Republic of Germany was created. Now the Soviets they responded with the German Democratic Republic, also known as East Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, now relations with with uh, the West Germans uh, got better. We became you know much friendlier. You know they had the denazification, but you know the West Germans uh, they were becoming our friends, and they joined NATO ten years later uh, on May the 9th. West Germany was uh, an official member of NATO. Now, May the 9th, 1955, the Germans surrendered, like, ten years. It depends on who you talk to, May the 7th, May the 8th. Mm -hmm. Um, But but ten years prior to that was the uh, German surrender to the Allies and to the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, May 14th, the Soviets responded with the Warsaw Pact, uh, now, Austria, on the other hand, Austria promised that they would stay neutral, and so the Soviet occupation of Austria ended on October 25th, 1955. A um, lot of stuff was going on in, in Europe during that time. Uh, you had um, now, as we mentioned, in October of 56, we had the Hungarian uh, we had the Hungarian Revolution, and many of the people of Hungary fled into Austria. But you had, you had communism, and um, you had Soviets either attacking countries like Czechoslovakia in '68, and then we had the, you know, the the Vietnam War, um, and you also saw signs where after the communists took over, where the people fled uh, in Cuba after uh, Fidel Castro took over Cuba in 1959, mm-hmm. people were fleeing that uh, they didn't have a wall, but. You know, the Gulf of Mexico was kind of like a wall. People had to cross the sea just to get to Florida or or Jamaica or wherever else. Mm -hmm. In 1975, when Vietnam Laos, and Cambodia fell, you had boat people. They were fleeing uh, communism also. Well, the same thing as you mentioned. The Germans were fleeing East Germany to go to the West. Mm -hmm. And so what was the response? Take it away.
0: The response was... The Berlin
1: Wall. The Berlin Wall. That's, that's right. right. Now, unlike, unlike like the wall, say, the United States or, or many other countries build to keep people out,
0: the yeah, Berlin this built Wall built to keep people in. To keep
1: people in. Yeah. Now, they stated, um, they stated that it was to protect socialism against fascism.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause they were, you know, the, the Soviets were utilizing propaganda to say that West Germany was still an extension of Nazi Germany, that they were going to continue, uh, with their Nazi ways their fascist ways. Um, but before in that, I want to give some, maybe some, some figures on, on the wall itself. There was a wall around West Berlin that extended 91 miles. Um, And so this was the border between East and West Berlin was 27 miles. Um, The border between West Berlin and East Germany was 69 miles. Um, And so this was at the beginning, like you had said, that was it was sort of the barbed wire at the beginning. Like, okay, we're going to do this right now. And starting now, we're going to cut cut off this, you know, this uh, this open border, if you will, between East and West Berlin. So we're doing the, the barbed wire. Um, and then we're going to, and it's like, where are you going to get, how are you going to build this wall? Well, they had all these destroyed buildings that they were um, sort of uh, recycling the cinder blocks and recycling um, just the concrete and utilizing that to, to build this sort of makeshift wall. And if you if you watch any documentaries or anything, they'll show you how uh, that wall sort of continued to evolve into a different Uh, more formidable wall. Um, Let's see, the concrete, uh, the the wall was 66 miles long, the concrete segment, and it was almost 12 feet high. There was Uh wire, there was that wire mesh, that barbed wire mesh fencing. Um, They had anti-vehicle trenches. This was all stuff that they eventually, like it sort of evolved into. At first, like people were like, okay, we got to figure out a way to get through I think somebody had um, taken an old tank and smashed through the wall in the early days. Um, and then you had uh, just, there were 302 watchtowers like along this wall. They, so, And everyone who was up there was told, you shoot to kill. If somebody tries to get over this wall, you shoot to kill. Um, there were 20 bunkers. And they actually had something called a death strip, which was really just over the top. So you had one wall that was connected to um, sort of like East Berlin. And then you had a long stretch in between with, you know, the, they had mines. They had, you know, you had to get over the wall and the, the barbed wire. Uh, so you had the landmines there. You had the, they, there were dogs uh, that were going back and forth. They said that the dogs were on leashes, And they were so close that they could get right next to each other without fighting each other. But there was no space in between the dogs from one leash to the other leash to where you could walk in between them. That's how they had sort of aligned those dogs. Um, And then you had, obviously, in the watchtower, these, these soldiers ordered to shoot to kill. Um, And then you also, once you got past that one wall and the mines and the dogs and somehow maybe the watch well, you wouldn't get past the watchtower because you'd have to get over the other wall. Um, And so there is some video footage that you can go back of just people like running as fast as they can uh, to get to get out of East Berlin. So those are just some of the numbers on on the Berlin Wall and just how insane it was.
1: I want to mention uh, real quick. Um, if you, if uh, our audience gets a chance to uh, go online and look for a man by the name of Hans Conrad Schumann, mm-hmm. uh, he was a East German uh, uh, policeman, and there's a photo of him as he as he runs and jumps over uh, the razor wire. It's not very high; it's like maybe a foot or two. Mm-hmm. But he jumps over with his gun, and there was a guy there who took a picture of it. Yeah, and uh, he became very famous. Uh, yeah, he with, just West he Germany.
0: Just, he was like, okay, nobody's looking. Uh, I'm gonna yep. go ahead and sneak on over this. Yeah, because it was like probably about what two, three feet high that mesh barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. There was another uh, video of uh, of uh, of uh, people that were running, and this and this is kind of gruesome this girl, her face. Yeah, she as she's gets... running
0: yeah she gets Bam. Sort of i mean she hit, her
1: face hits yeah her face hits that wire and she falls on her back
0: yeah but they 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 grab her and then they they keep going yeah uh, yeah there's some some stuff you know where just you know there were uh they say no less than hundred and thirty nine or hundred ninety two my bad hundred and ninety two people were killed um trying to cross over the Berlin wall, but they said that uh between the time of what nineteen sixty one to nineteen eighty nine I think uh, a little more than 5,000 people got through and got out, and that is at extreme risk themselves. There were there were um, there were uh, apartment complexes on the wall, right, and people were busting out their windows and climbing through and getting out. There is another old, you know, there's a footage of an old 70-something year old woman dangling out of her window with West Berliners trying to get her out. And then the Stasi, which were the the secret police of East Berlin, trying to pull her back into the building, um, and they ended up losing a grip, and she gets away. Um, but shortly after that, they got rid of everybody in the building. They they uh, they put up all the the bricks into the into the window, so it was now just a wall. And then eventually, they took all those buildings down and and just extended the wall there. It was so crazy. It was like. People, if you were, if people back in those days were watching, um, it's one of those things like, how could you still defend the idea of communism when they are trying this hard to keep their people in? It just is like, how how can you not connect those two things? And obviously there's propaganda, there's probably, uh, you're not given access to the truth, so it's a state-controlled media, so you're only given... Um, certain things on TV, certain things on the radio, certain things in the newspaper. So, if the state controls the media, obviously, you're not getting anything except what the media or what the state wants you to have.
1: I mean, it's like being in a prison. Think about it. Yeah. People are trying to escape a prison and go to freedom, and that freedom was the West. Right. And I, I remember that video of that old lady dangling from the window where you have the people, the West Germans, grabbing her by the ankles and the legs and trying to push her down, and and the Stasi, the East Germans, trying to pull her back up. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, God, I wish somebody just had a gun and shot those guys in the window. Yeah. Okay, would it have started a war? Probably not. But it sure would have felt good, because those guys, I, I really want to say what I thought they are,
0: yeah, uh, but this is a family show, so I exactly. can't. Exactly, and you never know. Jamie Lee Curtis may be listening, and you know she oh, may true. get very disappointed. She might so. get offended,
1: and yeah. and then she'll want an apology from us. And of course, we'll give her that apology, but it won't be good enough. She'll try to shut down the show. <laughs>
0: good luck, man. Uh, uh, Freaky Gunther, Friday.
1: Gunter Wetzel.
0: Oh, that's another Peter, guy. Yes.
1: Yeah, Gunther Wetzel and Peter Strelzik. Now.
0: I like Remember your I German accent,
1: by the way. Uh ja, sehr gut. Mm-hmm. Uh meine Deutsch gut.
0: Okay, continue.
1: Yeah you're supposed to say yeah ja. Anyway, okay. So yeah. yeah, Gunther Wetzel and Peter Strelzig. Those were the two guys that built the hotter balloon, yeah, which Disney made a movie of, and that happened uh forty years ago this year, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, okay. Uh, they had their wives and each had two kids. And uh I mean, they built a hot air balloon mm-hmm. on two occasions, because the first one failed. But on two occasions, they made attempts to land in West Germany under the pain of death, yeah. because they wanted to escape. They wanted their With kids to their be ra- kids ra- raised too, in the West. You know. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that, that just says so much about, about what kind of society, uh, you know, the, the socialist communism economic system is. And yeah. it's just not an economic system. It's it's a collective society where it's not about individualism. It's about the state. It's yeah. about your it's participation. It's about the party, your right? Parti- right. It, yes. That's exactly what it is. It's about the party. It's about the state. And if anyone or anything disrupts the way the state runs, it has to be eliminated or go through a re-education camp.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is, that's, you know, that that's is... that's what goes on in China, sort of referencing the book that I, that I mentioned. That's what goes on in, in China right now. Like, uh-huh. uh, you are re-educated. Either you're put into sort of like a prison camp or you're put into a fun prison camp, if you will, where they do all this, like, uh, you're like, man, that's, like, uh, it doesn't seem like the old, you know, gulag style, you know, prison camp. But it's definitely it's still with one goal in mind. You can't leave until you agree with everything that the party presents. Anyways.
1: Well, that's that's the Soviet style. That's the communist style, yeah. whether you believe in Mao or whether you believe in Marx. Yeah. And you know, look, I, I read the Communist Manifesto. And it's it's not it's not this peaceful, you know, like, oh, everybody is equal. Uh, there's, there's got to be a lot of debts involved, and yeah. it's, it, it mentions that in the book. If you don't believe me, read the Communist Manifesto yourself. Yeah. Uh, just have a lot of coffee with you, because it's a very boring book. But it does state that violence is necessary mm-hmm. uh, to acquire the type of government uh, that they want. It's, yeah. It can't be handed to you in a peaceful manner. Yeah, it says it in the book. It's in there. Right. read it yourself if you don't believe me.
0: Yeah, and it's a very short read. You can you can check it out if you're if you're a young kid, uh, or even if you're an old adult who uh, maybe just I don't know where you've been. Um, but if you think communism may be something, because there is a large portion of especially young Americans who look at communism favorably, uh, mm-hmm. read that and realize that it says uh, he even makes mention sort of says like these people who have tried these peaceful revolutions are stupid. That's more or less what he's saying. He's like, you can't do it. You have to have violence. Um, and it, it is true. You want to wipe out a certain way of thought. The only way to do it is to kill people and it kill a yep. whole lot of people. It's called genocide or it's called, um, it's like democide or whatever, where you change their, it depends on what they believe politically uh you kill them um it's just yeah it's it's insane something I did want to bring up do you know what the Berlin wall was called by the the East Berliners
1: something about the uh, the protection against fascism defensive socialism something like yeah, that. yeah
0: sort of a long name but it's a anti-fascist protective rampart um so it was, it's so bizarre that they were so caught up and they used this propaganda of like, we hate Hitler, we hate fascism, we hate, you know, Mussolini and, and all these people who are fascist and fascist and fascist. And it's like, hello, you're doing the same thing, if not worse to the people um, that you're saying shouldn't be done. And they continue to ride this, you know, anti-fascist propaganda like just it's all about in defeating fascism and like look common sense will tell you especially if you lived post-world war ii and you're like well this isn't working out very well you know common sense will tell you like yeah there can't be fascism we've we've got to get rid of it but if you're going to be saying we are so against anti-fascists that we'll kill anybody (laughs) who who disagrees and at the same time We love the way that we're running things so much that we're not going to let you leave. And if you try to leave, we're going to kill you. Does it sound a lot like fascism? Sure, maybe, but it's not. It's communism. It's about the community. You know,
1: I like to to point out that a lot of people want to know now, I'm not defending uh, fascism or Nazism or anything like You're that right. or what or what went on in Spain during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those people joined the fascists or the Nazis, and a lot of the people, French, Polish, joined the SS, not because they loved Nazi Germany, but because they hated communism. Right. That's why a lot of those people joined, because they saw that, You know, in Europe, if you want to know why did people choose some of these parties, it was because it was almost an either-or. And that's what happened during the Spanish Civil War.
0: And there was a lot of that going on in Germany. um, Yeah. And the anti-fascists, actually, that whole idea, the Antifa idea, started uh, during the struggle for Germany between... The Nazis and the Communists, and so mm-hmm. people who were against communism, um, well, they were they were attacked by antifa, anti-fascists, um, and so they use that that propaganda. So it was one of those things where it's like one of the two. You you get to choose one of the two, and eventually, mm-hmm. you know, Nazism won out, um, and it's like, golly, that sucks. But it's like at the same time, you're like, man it's it damned if you do damned if you don't type of thing it's like either way you pick it you are you're dead like it's poison so communism nazis um the end result were was millions dead yeah and what's here's something that i thought was pretty interesting um the german democratic republic um Obviously they were pushing the whole anti-fascist, anti-fascist thing. they were, they also gave out free healthcare and education. Well, Hmm. despite the fact that you're giving out free healthcare and free education, you still have everybody leaving because they don't have freedoms and they don't have, you know, they're, they're, the, the products that they're being given are trash, you know, um, just everything wasn't, it wasn't good and so you try to buy people off with the idea of free healthcare and free education. And am I making an implication here? Yes, to an extent. Like you can't, like people can be bought off by free things. That That's what's scary. They can be bought off by um, promises. Um, and you know, that happens every four years or two years if you want to throw the reps in there. Um, but those are, promises whenever it's the whole free 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 thing those promises do not pan out and the alternative is is much better where you you work for things you have the freedom to work for things um so i just thought it was interesting that the german Demo- and it, that it's the democratic republic they always they always do that you know the north korea does it you know china does sure. it the soviets do it it's always about it's democratic no it's not it's totalitarianism
1: well it's uh it's it's a one party system. Yeah, they're, and if you speak out against the government, they're going to come and get you. They're going to come in the middle of the night, or they're going to arrest you at work, or and and your family is going to be under suspicion. You right. know, one of the things that I found interesting in the book, The Bridge at Andau, there were two fathers that were sitting and talking, and they knew that their children were being indoctrinated in the schools. Mm-hmm and their children grew up thinking nothing but communism is the way communism is you know the 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 state is is if you're against the state if you're against communism then then you're the enemy that that there's you know that you're trying to bring a downfall to a system where we help people where where you know everybody works together as a team mm-hmm. now the two fathers were sitting and they were discussing Secretive manner, I might add. Do you plan on telling your children? And, and the other father's like, I don't know. Because if I tell my kids what we really think of communism, they could go tell their teachers, hey, daddy is, is telling us the exact opposite of what y'all are teaching us. Mm-hmm. And if that happened, guess what? You're arrested. Yeah. That is not the way to live a life. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are getting free this, free that. Yeah. That is a form of slavery,
0: right? Yeah, because they, f- they give it to you, they can take it away. And exactly. that's, that is always the threat. Well, if you uh, if you decide not to vote this way, or if you decide to speak against us, we're going to take away your you know, like Jesus you know, Louise you're,
1: you're a threat to you are a threat to the system. Mm-hmm. OK, now, the Berlin Wall fell 30 years ago. People who Germans, any Europeans who were born after that, they never knew the threat of the Cold War. They really mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, they they didn't know Eastern Europe was imprisoned behind an iron curtain. Um, they didn't know about you know unless they read about uh, the '56 uh, Hungarian Revolution or the uh, or what happened in Czechoslovakia in 1968. Mm-hmm unless they read about it in a history book that was not written by a progressive socialist, they're not going to really know about it. Yeah, They're not going to know about the dangers. They're not going to know about, you know, you know, the the saying never forget Mm -hmm. people who don't know about the Holocaust would never believe that the Holocaust ever existed.
0: Yeah. Because it's, it's so insane
1: and what happens when you don't know your history you repeat it you repeat it
0: yep because you think it's never been done before it's so yeah i mean you have to know um i want to sort of close it out shortly after the fall um of the wall the soviet russia fell as well um or at least soviet russia as we knew it um and you know this this conversation could go on for for so long uh, because there's so much there. You know everything was happening at the beginning under under Stalin, and then you move into Khrushchev, and then all the others, and then you get to Gorbachev here, where you know this, you know the Berlin Wall falls. You know you've got great speeches from some of our presidents, President Kennedy, um, and then you know, have Reagan's speech. Um, and I think in 1986, I want to say where he's like, you know, if you want to really prove that you 87, if you really want to prove that you want peace, you know, tear down this wall, uh, great speech. It's interesting that the Berlin wall came down and it was so surrounded by democracies. Um, and that it, that it lasted that long, but I don't think that it, you know, it's, it was such a close glimpse of communism that it, it was a terrible blight on human history, and it was just such a terrible thing to take place. But from my perspective, and let me know how you think about this: East Berlin, surrounded by democracy, um, you've got the French, the British, and the Americans on one one side, and everything is captured more or less um, in a you know in a Western state well the west is able to capture all this stuff on video they're able to um get the word out on like here's what's going on we have a close and like a bird's eye view into communism itself and this is exactly what it looks like you you couldn't go into into russia you couldn't go in and check out what the gulag was like you couldn't go in and, and really get behind the scenes um in Russia or in these other pro-communist places, right? But with the Berlin, with East Berlin, you were able to get a very close glimpse into what communism was all about. And I think that that was in itself a positive for the world to really get a very close glimpse into communism, uh, sort of communism on a platter. Mm-hmm. What do you well, think? Well, I
1: mean, you, you, well, you, if you really want to see a good uh, video movie uh, of communism, watch the Killing Fields.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Watch right. the Killing Fields. Right. I mean, you know what? That should have been. That should have been one of the movies, right yeah, there. That's,
0: uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, this isn't a, even a movie. This is not a reenactment, or this is not a movie itself. This is this is actual like news footage. Here it is. Uh-huh. Look yeah. at it. Check it out. This is happening in real time, or this is, this is not reenacted. This, this is all happening right here, um, and this is the face of communism.
1: Yeah. Well, look, go, look at Hong Kong. Look at what's going on. It's still, to this day, in Hong Kong, people are yearning for freedom, yeah. and they're waving American flags, I might add, which right. is pretty funny.
0: And nobody's leaving Hong Kong to go into China.
1: No. No. And no one's leaving America to go to, into Cuba unless it's on a vacation.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Or to do some type of uh, yeah. deal. Or, Ven- here or
1: Venezuela. Look at Venezuela. Yeah. You know, same thing. Uh, you know, people, but you're right. There are plenty of videos out there to look at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just, just look at East, East Berlin uh, footage of people trying to escape.
0: Yeah. L- that in at, itself should that, be enough, that you are risking yeah. life and limb to get out from where you're living yeah
1: so. or look at re, read about or look at uh videos of the vietnamese boat people
0: yeah just make boats yeah just yeah just trying to you know stacking way too many people on these boats and how many people got killed just trying to get out just you know sinking their ships um you know we'll probably never know um but anyways all right man if do you have anything else if not we're going to end this in this show
1: uh no I just uh I hope that the people of Hong Kong get their freedom uh the people of Cuba China North Korea yeah may they all live in peace may they all have freedom uh so that you know the the biggest gift that we're going to have with other nations uh is going to be economics in that sit, and we'll never have any more wars Enough, enough with the wars. Wars just beget more wars.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've had a number of conversations regarding this topic, as far as like freedom, liberty, fighting for it, um, uh-huh. and just you know, bad governments, communism, all that stuff. So, all right, man. Well, as always, we'd like to finish on a scripture. This scripture is Romans two nineteen through twenty one. I was actually reading that this morning, and um, just sort of stood out to me. Um, and then I was like, man, this may. Actually, be a pretty good scripture for this conversation because I'm taking it from the perspective of, of com- people who believe in communism or, you know, people who used to, who were the leaders of communism, who they felt they felt that they were, you know, leading the world into into a new era, if you will. It says, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an, instru- an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others do you not teach yourself, you who preach against stilling? Do you still? And it just sort of—I guess it sort of came out to me. It was like so much you can—you can preach so much of of your own propaganda that you end up believing in, and that is—that is what has happened uh, over the course of the past one hundred plus years with this whole communism thing um and in and in a lot of other areas where you can preach so much of something um and you see it all the time where you have these millionaires uh you know who are like you know we need to do this, we need to do that you know we're you know I'm so against you know people with a lot of money um and all this, and it's like wait a minute you you're a millionaire, like what are you talking about like if you're if you're so righteous you know get rid of get rid of all your money and you know go go on like a hundred grand a year or something along those lines. It's like I don't understand what you're what you're talking about. So it's you know we've got a a, polit- a very well-known politician um, who who sort of does this type of stuff where the, you know he decries the one percenters and different stuff like that and it's just like, well, check it out. Now you're the one percent. Um, so whatever. So that's, I don't know, just something that sort of stood out to me. It was just like we can easily become hypocrites uh, when we're so busy pointing at other people instead of trying to make sure that we are, you know, we're in right standing. like We're not being a hypocrite. So you got anything on that or did you fall asleep?
1: No, no, I'm still here.
0: (coughs) Okay. Are you vaping?
1: No, no, I've got allergies. Nice. That's why, I haven't worked, that's why I haven't worked out in the past few days.
0: Really? I haven't uh-huh. worked out in the past year and a half. My allergies are fine right now.
1: So are you saying that working out creates allergies?
0: No, I'm saying I don't have an excuse for not working out. No. Anyways. Alright, Alan, where can they find us?
1: They can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and our very own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen, so go check it out. Also, if you want, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast here, especially if you're listening on iTunes. Give us a rating, like five stars, preferably, of course. Uh, Give us a review would be nice, too. And let your friends and family know about what we're doing um always good stuff going on over here at the sons of history all right alan you ready to go bye bye
1: i'm ready to go bye bye
0: all right ladies and gentlemen also if you want some more information on the whole gunter wetzel and peter strelzik you can go onto our facebook page and not too long ago alan put a this day in history and did a pretty good um, rundown of what all went into that remember that
1: I remember. I remember. That's why I was so familiar with the story.
0: How could you forget? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you next week.